Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another episode of Togetherness. Now, this week is Men's Health Week. And for Men's Health Week, I like particularly focusing on men's mental health because it's still something that men don't like to talk about. There's this gold standard of being a man, as I put it in an article, where you've got to have the, the best car, you've got to have the highest paid job, you've got to be in a nice, happy relationship and have it all fine and dandy. There's there's a certain way which you've you've got to look to the rest of the world but there's still a stigma attached to men saying i'm not feeling okay uh i need help i'm suffering from depression whatever it is and this is something that really needs to be tackled uh i'm very lucky in this episode to have spoken to chris and chris does a lot of work in talking about his experiences turn them into a positive and he, he shares a lot of kindness and a lot of inspire, inspiration over social media. Um, but first of all, uh, from my local radio station, Black Cat Radio in St. Neitz, uh, in February of last year, um, a father, Stephen Whitney, lost his son to suicide. Um, it was very sudden suicide, mental health, depression, none of these have a particular way of looking and it can seem like the happiest people are actually some of the, the saddest people and first of all I'd just like to offer my sincere condolences to Stephen and his family but what Stephen went on to do next was amazing. I'm not going to continue to talk, I'm actually going to just pause this and listen to the interview with Steve from Black Cat Radio. 
Earlier this year, in February, William Whitney died in a lorry accident on the A16. Uh, the shock of what happened, Steve, when it came, must have been an absolute bolt out of the blue for you all. You know, William was a, a hard-working young man that would do anything for, for anybody. Yeah, as you say, on the 12th of February, he decided to take his own life. He'd left the notes stating he had no money, he had no friends, and his life had no worth. If only he knew that wasn't true. In fact, it's cost more burying than what his death was. He had over 400 people at his funeral. Um, in fact, there were so many at Cambridge Crematorium that they had to put a giant screen outside. Harry Fry, Darren Ferguson, they were all there. And he's left a huge hole in all of our lives. If only he knew. It wasn't until he'd gone, Steve, that it became apparent that William obviously had things going on in his life. No matter how small, he talked to his mum, talk to his friends at work, he talk to his girlfriend, um, his grandmother, his auntie, everybody. They all knew little bits that were going through William's life. The only person that didn't know them all was me, Dad, and I could have probably put the jigsaw together. I could have also helped him because and I was so proud of the way he was living his life. And I urge all of you dads out there, with sons and daughters for that matter, that those kids that have found independence at a very early adult life, Please, please, please talk to your kids. Zoe Doherty, you're a fundraiser with the CPSL Mind. That's the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough and South Lincolnshire branch of the mental health charity Mind. You must have come across countless stories, sadly, like Steve's. Yes, sadly we do. And, and, and first of all, I just want to pass on all of our condolences from CPSL Mind to Steve and his family. As Steve said, no parent should ever, ever have to go through this. Steve, obviously this is a difficult time for everyone's mental health during the pandemic. People are feeling isolated. You know, we're not being able to do the things we normally do, you know, to make ourselves better, you know, meet friends for coffee and connect with others. And a lot of people are dealing with worries about their health and family members and the pressures of homeschooling this year have been difficult. And, and people are worried, some people are worried about their jobs and their finances. So this can all take its toll on people's mental health and a lot of people are citing COVID as a factor in their mental health. Thank you very much. The messages that we're getting coming in are just incredible this morning. So thank you very much for, for the tribute that you've paid to Will because, it, it, as you say, it would have been his birthday today and I guess you can pay no greater a tribute to him on his birthday than to let our listeners know what happened with the golf day. Tell us a little bit about it and then let the listeners and Zoe know how much was raised. OK, well, for, for me personally, it's been one hell of a year this year. But one thing that's kept me going strong is my golf club. The members of the golf club all played, drunk and cried with me this year and it has been an absolute honour to be their captain. But I was determined to do something in memory of William and I wanted to raise awareness for suicide and let the people out there know that there are organisations that can help. The restrictions were lifted so I floated the idea of putting the charity day and the captain's day together and the rest is history. On Saturday the 5th of September, we had 240 social distance golfers playing from dawn until dusk. I couldn't get any more people on the course, sponsoring holes, prizes. Literally everything that comes out of the budget was sponsored. Um, my blind auction, believe it or not, raised another £4,500. Um, all three of these events, plus the other bits we had on through the year, means that I had the pleasure to announce that in the memory of my son, William Whitney, 
members and friends of St. Nate's Golf Club and we've raised and would like to donate to CPSL Mine the sum of £13,120. Zoe, what's your reaction to that? I'm, I know it's radio, so we've got to keep talking. I'm speechless, Steve, and I am so overwhelmed and privileged that you have chosen CPSL Mind to receive this such a generous donation. And just, I think, all of, you know, yourself, your family, all the members of the St. Meats Golf Club and the friends of St. Meats Golf Club, I think we were there on the day with you, weren't we? And it was just the, the love and, and the friendship that was there and everybody trying so hard. I can't I can't believe that total because I know when we first spoke you you were talking about one or two thousand is <laughs> something that you were trying to aim for I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed now listening to that makes me emotional um once again uh my love and sincere condolences uh, go out to Stephen and his family and my thoughts are with William um I think you can hear the, the, the raw emotion in that interview. Um, you know, um, what a what a, an amazing amount raised that will, I'm sure, will help so much. Um, £14,165 um, is incredible. And William's memory and legacy will live on. Uh, so I'd just like to say thank you to, again to Steve from Black Cat Radio, who are my local radio station in St. Louis. You can find them on blackcatradio.org and you can download that app, uh, Black Cat Radio, on the Android App Store and the Apple App Store. Um, now coming up next, I've, I spoke to Chris this week and uh, Chris has been through a lot. It's Men's Health Week, so I thought, who better to get on than... Uh, very inspiring man who has been through a lot um, and something which many men uh, many people can relate to you know through the pandemic and lockdown we've uh, a lot of us are experiencing a lot of financial hardship a lot of stress anxiety uh, you know we, we don't know what's what's going to happen anymore and um, Chris has turned this around you know throughout everything he's been through he's used it as a positive and he's seen He's been inspired by his journey, uh, however difficult. And, you know, it's a pleasure talking to Chris. Um, instead of me rambling on, I'm going to play the interview now. And uh, I really hope you guys enjoy it. It was very, very inspiring. Here we go. So I'm joined today by Chris. And uh, Chris, thank you very much for uh, joining me. I'll let you introduce yourself, if that's all right. Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you for um, getting me onto your podcast. My name's Chris Ward. I live down in East Devon, um, down in the southwest of England. Um, a husband, a dad, um, a granddad uh, in my mid-40s now, and just looking to kind of share some of the experiences that I've had over the last few years to hopefully try and enable some other people out there to try and engage a little bit more and feel like they have the opportunity to talk across what's it's some issues that have had stigmas over them in the past. Fantastic. Thank you. And um, I mean, you've, you've been through um, a fair, fair few different things and I think some will resonate with a lot of people at the moment uh, regarding work and finances. Uh, you know, you've, uh, you've set up some successful businesses, but also it, it's been a bit difficult yeah. Uh you came close to bankruptcy, didn't you? And um 
you've suffered with depression as well and the sense of feeling a failure which is men's health uh, week this week and I think a lot of men with what's going on can resonate with that can you tell me a bit more I think I'm a prime example of you know you, you talk about men's health week and I think one of the facts I read over the last few days that two out of five men between the ages of 20 and 59 really don't talk about their issues, don't talk about their problems. They keep it to themselves. And I, I fell totally into that category. Um, a little bit of my background, I, I worked um, for the government for many, many years until around 2010, had a very secure job, brought my family up, um, got married in a very, very good position. And then my wife and I decided that in our kind of mid-30s, we wanted to do something for ourselves, do something different. And I was brought up in pubs, so I decided to kind of go into the pub trade, into the hospitality trade. And my wife and I bought a pub. Very, very successful. And then in 2014, we bought a second pub, and we did really, really well. We, you know, we had good holidays. We managed to travel the world. We worked 24-7. It was very, very hard. Um, but we managed to put our children through, you know, good schools. And on the outside, to many people, we had a perfect life. But inside, to me, it, it just wasn't bringing me happiness. It wasn't bringing me joy. And I, I started to struggle with a 24-7 lifestyle. Um, people who were your, became your friends because they, you were, they were your customers. And it just got to the point where I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Couple that with then going into a bit of a difficult patch where we had to sell one of the businesses and then trade started to change quite dramatically in kind of 2014, 2015, where it just became more and more difficult. And you put the pressures of not enjoying what you're doing and then also kind of financial constraints that then become on you in trying to keep the business running. And when you're in the hospitality trade, it shows very, very quickly. So if you don't have a smile on your face and you're not enjoying it, you know, and you have your own internal issues, it becomes quite a challenge. And as soon as that starts to show to your customers, they start to come, they stop coming through the door, really. So we got to the point in 2016 where we managed to kind of sell the business. Um, we were very, very lucky. We didn't come out of it with any profit or anything like that. And we came out of it with quite a lot of debt, probably around 20 to 30,000 pounds that we, we had to pay off. But I tell you something, Joe, even being in that position, coming out with the debt hanging over us, being close to bankruptcy, I felt a relief over me and I felt a sense of happiness that I was in a much better position, although financially I was probably in the worst position I've ever been throughout my career. I guess you got got to have a step back, really. I mean, the pub, club industry, any night nightclub or hospitality industry is difficult. I mean, I worked in a club and like you say, you can't, you have to kind of put on this front, even when you're not feeling happy, you've got you to always maintain that. And it's hard to it's hard keeping it in because i think then you get it you almost feel like it's normal to keep it in as well it is you, you kind of live with a, a nervous energy to be honest you know you're constantly running around you're constantly living life on the edge you don't get chance to kind of breathe and slow down and appreciate your surroundings because your lifestyle is 24 7 and although that was successful for a period and then went into a difficult patch it, it just wasn't happiness to me. So we, we, we managed to sell that business. And then kind of 2016, it was kind of start again. My wife and I had no jobs. We had no income. and We had no home. And we managed to kind of rent a property um, towards the middle of 2016. And we both took kind of jobs. I went back into kind of procurement and business management, which I'd done previously, and started right at the bottom again. You now on a low salary in an admin assistant role, 
but it was the happiest days of my life, to be honest. I had no pressure. I had no um, no challenges. But, you know, I was ready to start again. And I slowly kind of built the ladder and started to kind of walk up the rungs again and try and get myself up to a, a level of middle management, which is what I've done now. But but it was it was challenging times. It was, it was very, very difficult. It was it was a position where whatever I tried to do in terms of bringing energy to myself, continue to to struggle and you know coupled with that a couple of years later you know my father passed away as well so that was the next challenge in my life and all this was all starting to add up you know even though I'd come out of an area of kind of depression and feeling um, a level of anxiety and being unhappy and what most people would see as a successful lifestyle and then couple that with having to start a new job all this was building up in the background you know I didn't perhaps feel it myself at the time I kind of just knuckled down and did what I had to do as a father and trying to provide for my family but inside something was burning into me kind of in hindsight now thinking hold on something's not quite right with your mentality with your the, the way that you're thinking and I continued just to ignore it and I continued to ignore it until you know things got got as bad as they as they did which i'm happy to discuss a little bit later what was that what was that turning point for you i mean first of all how did you do you deal with one the the change in the uncertainty also i started from the bottom and that's obviously very stressful but it's quite refreshing i think for myself as well after lockdown and things just going all over the place starting from scratch again building yourself up it's good but how did you deal with the the stress the uncertainty the the fear and when was that turning point for you realizing that something had to change and it, or you had to go and get help it, it was during 2019 it was the summer of 2019 that I hit a brick wall basically um, my father passed away in July 2018 um he had a brain tumor that was diagnosed at the end of May of that year. And within six weeks, Sorry to hear that. yeah, it was, it was tough, you know, as it would be for anybody, but, and he passed away within six weeks. Um, you know, my father was my best man at my wedding. Um, he was my best friend really. And to have someone that you'd go for a drink with, who was perfectly healthy on the 28th of May, 2018, and then 12th of July, um, had passed away was, was, was a very much challenge, um, as you'd expect. Um, my mother is still alive. So, you know, I was, I was there to comfort my mother. My sister's disabled and she lives at home with my mother. So I had to try and comfort my sister as well. So there was no chance for me to grieve in any stretch. You know, I had to put on the brave face and kind of be the man within the family then. Um, and that was just another trigger, another example of things building up with inside me thinking, hold on, you know, you're doing what you're doing, but you're not having the chance to kind of show your emotions and be able to grieve and start to kind of feel the loss of your father. So so that, that happened in 2018. 2019, I got to a point where internally I was feeling very low. I felt like I was burning inside. I was breaking down. I was crying in front of my wife. Um, I was taking days off sick. Um, I was worried that financially we weren't going to be able to pay some of the debts that we'd had from our hospitality business. Um, my wife is my rock. You know, she was the, the strongest person ever. She's at my side saying it doesn't matter if, you know, we live in a in a flat or in a hostel wherever we are, as long as we're together with our son, that, that's all that matters. But you have a you have this kind of brave image that, you you know, you're the, the man of the house. Um, you're the one who has to provide for the family. And it's when things go wrong, it's your fault. You know, and I had that kind of hanging over me. So 
I got to around May, June 2019, and I started to get these really kind of strange stomach pains. Didn't think too much of it for a couple of months, and they started to rumble away. And my wife works in the medical field, and she said, I think you'd better go and get checked. Just go and get them checked out and see see what's going on. So I went along to the doctor's. And it's got a long story short, I was diagnosed with what they call non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, which is basically where my liver had become 50 percent fat, um, not down to alcohol because I'm not I'm not a big alcohol drinker. I've never been a big alcohol drinker, but down to my lifestyle, probably over the last five to 10 years in terms of eating takeaways, um, eating chocolates, not looking after myself, not carrying you know a certain level of fitness. And although it wasn't alcohol based, living in the pub industry and living in the pub trade, having two to three pints, you know, a, a day, perhaps at the end of a night and spread that over a week and then spread that over 20 to 30 years probably had an impact on where I am. So I had the blood test, went to the doctors and she said, you know, you've got to really change your lifestyle. You know, you've got to lose weight. You've got to um, stop drinking for the time being, even though it's not a major effect and do some exercise and eat more healthily, you know, more healthily. And she said, "That must yeah, be quite a shock in itself." It, it was, and that that was the final straw for me because I sat there and I remember, I remember to the day I was sat in the doctor's surgery, just chatting away, and she said, "But you know, the liver is the one, one organ within your body that regenerates itself. So as long as we do things right, there's no scarring, there's no serious effect. Over the next six months, you'll be able to, you'll be able to. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I got, so I got to the point where." I sat in the doctor's room. She went through all this. And I just burst out in tears. I burst out in total tears. And she said, look, don't worry. This isn't a major health issue. As long as you start to eat better, we, know we can regenerate the liver. And I said, that's not my problem. And she said, well, what else is going on? And I just blurted everything out to her. I blurted everything out around the pub, the business, um, having the debts when we came out of it, um, going through depression, my father passing away, um, worried about how I was going to be able to cope and survive and having kind of suicidal thoughts and how I was going to provide for my family and not having the ability or the the option to go to the doctors to talk about it because I just felt I was being the man by ignoring it because that was a manly thing to do at the end of the day and because I found myself in a room sat down with the doctor at that period of time I was just able to talk to her where previously I would never have arranged to go in so she kind of that must have been a big relief. It was it was a massive relief. It was a massive relief. And that was the turning point for me in terms of kind of trying to trigger the energy to be more positive in myself, to be able to um, look at the issues that I've had, the issues that I the challenges that I had, and then saying, you know, how can I move forward? And to be actually look and think, well, actually, what I have is a really good lifestyle. You know, I live in a lovely part of the country, I have a lovely family. I have a job. Yes, we've got we've got financial issues, but we're working through those. And actually, there's no need for the grass to be greener for me, you know, because the grass that I have is growing perfectly well enough. Um, and it was just being able to have that energy and positivity with myself. So, I, you know, I went on a strict diet. I lost a couple of stone. I've still got a little bit more to do. Um, I stayed off alcohol for six months and now I only have a drink on a Saturday. I eat more healthily. And I just kind of triggered that mindset to have that continuous improvement in everything I do. And it just kind of over the last year, it's got me into a really, really good place. And I know for some people, it's very difficult to say be positive, you know, when it comes to mental health issues, because being positive isn't that easy. It worked well for me. 
but I fully understand for others just getting by each day and just getting through the day is just as successful as well. So it's it's been a challenge every day. I still have challenges, but I feel I'm at a point now where I can actually not only help myself, but feel talk about some of my experiences as a man. And actually, you don't need to be a man. You don't need to let things get on top of you. And, you you know, you should be proud to be able to be open up and say, look, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to take a day off work or I need someone to talk to. And now I feel I'm at that point where I can do that and starting to engage on social media with certain people to say, look, I can't understand how you're going through or what you're going through. I never say I understand what people are going through because everyone's different. But I can share my experience and how I've dealt with it. And hopefully there may be something that you can take out of that will then trigger hopefully something to allow you to move forward in a positive way as well. Do you think this whole experience has kind of helped you move forward in life and with that positive mindset, do you think without it, it might have been a bit, well, life would have been worse in some ways? I think so. I think, you know, I've, I'm a firm believer in, in fate and all that. And there's there's a really great cartoon. From, I don't know if you've seen it. A guy, um, Hagger the Horrible, I think he used to be in one of the tabloids. And he sat on his, it's worth digging out. It's on Joe Biden's desk, actually. It's something Joe Biden's got as president of the USA. And he sat in a storm in the middle of the ocean, this cartoon character. And he's got God looking down on him. And I'm not a particularly religious person. And he looks up and says, why is this happening to me? And God looks down and he says, why not? I think that is so, so powerful. When you think about those eyes, why is this happening to me? Why not? And I think, and that's what I I kind of take away from it as well, to think actually there's no rationale while things happening to you. There's no reason why things happen. Things just happen and you've got to deal with it. And I know that's easier to say for some than for others, but if I've had a, lo- a load of issues in my life and other people haven't, why is it happening to me? Well, why shouldn't it happen to me? You know, why not? You know, and it's how I deal with it and get over it. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And Joe Biden talked about that same thing, saying, you know, he lost his first wife and his I think his daughter in a in a car crash, and then he lost his son a few years ago to, I think it was brain cancer. And he said exactly the same. You know, why is it happening to me? Why not? Um, and it's how we deal with it and how we move forward. Now, some of us move forward a lot quicker with positivity and with a change of energy and getting help and assistance. Other people take more time and need, you know, more medical advice and do it slowly. But I'm, I'm a firm believer in thinking that we're put on this earth, you know, for a reason. And if we're dealt with challenges then so be it. Definitely. And I mean, time is the greatest healer, isn't it? And like you say, there's no time limit. These things do take time. Um, And I can resonate with that completely. Like with my experiences growing up, I I wouldn't be where I am today and doing the things that I do. Um, So just to tell, obviously it's men's health week and you've spoken a bit about, you know, this man up culture and this toxic masculinity that is, it's still so prevalent in the world. Uh, Suicide rates are increasing year on year. Um, Suicide is the biggest cause of death among men under the age of 50. Um, Three times as many men as women die by suicide. Obviously, every suicide, it's not about the statistics, but it's about stamping out this culture that we have where... You can't talk about this. You just need to man up. How do you think as a society that's something that – how can we tackle that? I think one of the good things around social media now is that it's starting to tackle it. 
where if you go back 20, 30 years ago, there was very much a, a male culture that the male was the working man. You know, the lady of the house would stay at home, do the cooking, look after the children, that sort of approach. And the man, you know, would go out to the pub and have a beer with, you know, with his colleagues. It was more of a working class. And you, you couldn't show that that negativity. You couldn't show that weakness in your lifestyle. Um, you certainly couldn't show it in the workplace because I think that was seen as, you know, you suffer from stress. Well, what stress? You're not you're not a, a brain surgeon. You're not an astronaut. You're not flying planes. You know, you're, you're just working in an office. You can't you can't have stress. Um, and I was probably like that myself, you know, going back many, many years as a youngster. I, I didn't understand. Do you what think that's got better in the workplaces, taking into consideration or? I think it has. I think it, I think it depends in what sort of environment you work in. Um, I think if you work for many large um, large companies, you know, they have mental health advisors now. Um, they have mental health um, courses. They, they have people who can advise you in terms of um, operation, um, occupational health um, as well. I think if you work in, in some areas, it's probably a little bit more more challenging still. Um, but, you know, we need to be we're far too self-critical of ourselves. You know, we're we're human beings. We're all beautiful in our own in our own ways. And we've got to have more kind of empathy with each other, more self-care, understands our own emotional intelligence. You know, I'm a big football fan. 15, 20 years ago, I'd never gone and sat at a football match with close friends of mine and say that I was feeling stressed or I was feeling suicidal or I'm worried about my financial position and I cry myself to sleep. You just wouldn't do it. But, but today I can have those conversations. Um, for some people, they still can't do that. And I understand that. Um, and it's always a concern when you look at people who are constantly quiet in their lives who you think wouldn't say boo. And actually, they're the ones you've got to be worried about because they just keep things in and you know, don't have that ability to talk or communicate or collaborate with other people. You know, take Robin Williams as a prime example, one of the most successful actors in the world. On the outset, he had a smile on his face, a great comedian, a great joker. No one had any idea of probably what, what he was going on within within himself internally. And, you know, the, the tragic case of that. So I think we are becoming more aware. I think there's still a lot we can do in terms of um, looking at illness. You know, if you look at a physical illness, for example, if you go into hospital, you have you break your leg or you have appendicitis, you'll get cards, you'll get flowers, you get well wishes. If you say you've got a mental illness, illness, you get nothing. You know, no one will send you a card and say, get well, sorry that you're feeling mentally unwell. No, so, you know, it's kind of one extreme to the other. So although I think we're making improvements, there's still a long way to go, I think, to, to be able to kind of understand what, mel- what mental illness is. The fact that we have a lot of celebrities talking about it now across lots of different sectors um, within the world certainly helps um, to, to raise the profile. So I think we're certainly moving in the right direction, yes. So what would you say to people if their friend or family member came up and said, you know, I'm feeling suicidal, I'm I'm not okay? Or if they saw their friend or family member being very quiet, how would you advise them to approach that situation? I think communication is key. You know, it's being able to talk, but also being able to get someone to talk back to you. And that's not the, always the easiest thing. If you say, are you OK? 99% of people will say, yes, I'm fine. You know, no problem. It's trying to understand that those kind of emotional tele- intelligence traits, you know, the traits of personality of people. Do they look different from when you saw them a week ago? Do they normally kind of sit in the coffee room with you, but now they're staying in the office? Do they normally come and have a beer with you on a Friday night, but saying they're not going out? 
you know, when you're having a conversation, you talk about something like sport or pop music, or suddenly they're getting a little bit reserved with you. It's trying to pick up on those traits to say, well, hold on, something just doesn't seem right with this person. And then trying to kind of open up with them in a way that doesn't seem to be threatening or trying to advise them, you know, what's wrong with them. But just to say, look, it's perfectly okay to be how you are and how you're feeling. But let's try and understand a little bit of, you know, where you are. And, you know, can any of my past experiences help to help you move forward in any particular way? Do you think the pandemics help people focus on stuff like self-care, the importance and the little things in life? I certainly have found found that focusing on like nature. I'd have never been a wildlife person. Yeah. Um, and now that's completely changed. Do you think it's had a positive impact? I think it's well? had a positive and a negative impact. If if I'm honest, I think the positive impact is we all look in look at our lives in a different way now. When all of us have been affected by COVID. And some of us probably have been affected personally. Luckily, I, I haven't, or but I have known people who have been affected by it. And I don't think anyone has not been touched about, you know, what's happened over the last 15 months. I think working from home, um, having a bit of reality check and saying, well, actually, we can all just be a bit more kinder. We can all be a bit more nicer. We can all start to care for each other a little bit more because we just don't know where, what's around the corner has certainly been in my outlook and certainly changed, you know, even more the way that I feel and the way that I behave. And I know it has for many, many others. I think the downside is we've lost our social interaction. You know, we've lost the ability to go out and communicate and collaborate with people. Um, and I think that's made it difficult for people who are at home. I'm at home with a family. Um, I have friends that I can go and see. Um, I, I work from home kind of 24 seven now, but I can go for a walk and get fresh air. And like you say, take in the nature around us that I'd probably never done before where I was commuting on a train or in a car and actually open the window and work and listen to the birds and things that you just took for granted, but never took for notice. You're actually kind of taking in and thinking, actually, this is impacting on my life in a positive way. But there's also people who've been at home for 15 months and stuck in a flat environment on the 16th floor and not seen anyone so there's positives and negatives that have come out of it for sure post lockdown anxiety is uh, massive uh, it's going to be huge um, especially for those that suffer with anxiety and depression you know they want to stay at home that's that's been what you have to do now the comfort and not yeah, really yeah. being anything how how's that how would you deal with that I think I think that's a challenge because I think I found when we first came out of lockdown, just going out and walking on the seafront, you know, where I live, having a lot more people around, you know, you try to you tend to get a little bit more anxious because you haven't been used to that not that volume of people around you. Um, and same if you go out for a meal, you become less patient because you're used to being at home. So it, it's ensuring that you continue with that positivity. You know, I've, I quite often will put on social media try and not be negative for 24 hours in your life and it's near impossible to do um, in terms of being able to just human nature you know that simple little thing like complaining about traffic like changing to red or someone crossing the road in front of you or I'm five minutes late we can't we can't get away from negativity we're always negative as, as human beings and it's just being able to reduce that negativity and try and make sure that the positivity is is more on the more than the 50 percent of the negative negativities below it but yeah I, I think you know lockdown has has brought many challenges not only just in in health for many people but in terms of social interaction and how we live our lives 
And in terms of the services, I think we've realised uh, the failings and how, well, the service services in the UK do need updating. Uh, we live in a very outdated mental health service. What do you think, uh, I'll ask this question to many people, what do you think needs to change? What do do our government need to do to really start helping people? I think it, it's a difficult one, isn't it, without getting political, but I think they live in their own little bu- bubble a little bit. I think they were they were very late to the table in terms of understanding the severity of what we were dealing with here. Um, I think that was quite clear, and I think in hindsight they'll probably ad- admit that. Um, the, the lessons learned from the mistakes that were made between kind of February and, and May last year is something that's probably cost thousands of lives, and I think everybody recognises that. But what concerns me more and what I find really frustrating is we don't seem to have learned our lesson. You know, we're now in a position where we've got this new Delta variant that's attacking us that has come in from somewhere. More more likely than not, it's come in from India um, and we didn't close our borders down quick enough. You know, we've, our border process is like a sieve, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I think that's down to down to balancing the economy and money and trade with people's health and you know, I don't think we'll ever get anyone to admit that, but health should be the number one priority from day one. And I, I don't think it was, to Absolutely. be honest, and I still don't think it is now. And that's what's really kind of upsetting for people who've, who've lost loved ones, that we are trying to balance the, the economy and keep people's businesses running at the same time, which which I understand is very, very challenging and very difficult for the government. But there's been a lot of mistakes made. Yeah, a lot of um, misspending and uh things gained uh we won't go into the political bit um <laughs> that's what this is for how, how's life now on a positive note how, yeah. how are things for you and what what does the future look like for you chris life's really really good for me um i'm in a position where i you know i work for an engineering company um i've climbed myself up to middle management over the last three or four years i enjoy what i'm doing i you know i get myself out of bed with a spring every day um I'm one of these people that love Mondays. You know, very few people do, but Monday's the start of the week. I feel energized and revitalized after the weekend and ready to start again. Um, I feel um, I have a, a stronger relationship with my wife and my son, although they're always there at my side um, during challenging times. I feel, you know, we're a lot happier than we are now. And we enjoy kind of the simple things in life, like going for a walk, walking the dog, um, reading a book, putting some vinyl on the on the record player stuff that we just never would have done in in the past and I also feel that you know I my experiences are there to help others as well and like I said at the beginning I'm I'm never I'm not a doctor I've done mental mental health training I'm not ever going to try and tell people how they should be reacting to their mental challenges in life but all I can do is try and spread a level of positivity try and trigger that you know the energetic response from people and try to say well actually this is what I've been through if you can resonate or relate to any of it, then please do. Because if I can say one thing or post one message on Twitter that someone kind of looks at and says, actually, I can see what Chris says there and I can see where he's coming from and it helps one person, then it's worth, you know, posting two or three messages a day. So, yeah, my my whole aim is to try and try and kind of raise myself to be able to um, help others. You know, I, I've been through challenges. I've seen challenges. I've been very, very lucky to pull myself away from from the cliff face, so to speak. And if, and if I can help others to kind of move in the same direction that I've done, you know, that's what I'm certainly, you know, looking to do. And if you could pick one bit of advice, that's the main, the main thing you'd say to someone, what would it be? 
believe in yourself and that's what i struggled with believe in who you are the ability you've got the people that love you what you've achieved in life you know like i said earlier never look at the grass is always greener you know look at the grass on your side of the fence and actually say well actually mine's green enough i'm in a good position myself i don't need to try and be anybody else you know care for yourself have self-love have self-care um and don't be so critical on yourself um and because that's what what i was i you know i was very sensitive and kind of beat myself up a lot of the time so once i kind of got over that and actually thought you chris ward are an individual yourself a nice individual many people love you you've got a lot of to offer everyone else believe in yourself things started to change a little bit as well fantastic advice and where can people find you on social media to pick up this I'm, I'm only I'm, I'm only focusing on twitter at the moment so um i kind of i i kind of closed down my old twitter account at the end of last year and started a new one just to kind of have a, a level of kind of positivity on the platform um it's at the kind chris at the moment but you can find me under chris ward um, I've also um, in the process of setting up a, a website, which is going to be www.unshakableminds.com and a podcast I'm looking to do, um, which I'm going to title Unshakable Minds as well. So it's all around kind of getting that mind and getting that energy and getting that that right positive mindset moving forth, moving forward, really. Love it. I'll put those links in the description. Keep me up to date with everything. Um, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Um, a really inspiring conversation. This is why I love doing these as well. It's nice to hear from other people. It's been a been a tough time, but you should feel proud of yourself too. And um, no, a really inspiring story. And thank you for doing what you do. You know, it's hard taking life experiences, talking about them and trying to lift others up. But, you know, you're making a huge difference and you should be proud of yourself. And thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. It's been great. And it's great that you're interacting with, you know, normal people in everyday life. And it's not, you know, the, the celebrity people that kind of talk about it all the time, although it's very important. I think it's important that, you know, your average person on the street gets to share their story. So, you know, thank you for what you're doing and please may it long continue. Thank you. And we'll get you back on at some point. Sounds great. Lovely. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it such a lovely gentleman uh, a lovely conversation with chris uh, thank you once again for joining me as chris said there you can find him on social media at the kind chris and uh, we'll keep up to date with all of his work and everything that he's doing and update you accordingly to obviously men's health week I-, I released an article this week um obviously the gold standard uh, which men feel like they need to live up to I'd just like to go over some statistics. Three times as many men as women die by suicide. Uh, Suicide is the biggest killer uh, of men aged under 50. Men report lower levels of life satisfaction than women, according to the government's National Wellbeing Survey. Uh, Men are less likely to access psychological therapies than women. Only 36% of referrals to the NHS talking therapies are for men and nearly three quarters of all adults who go missing are men 87 percent of rough sleepers in the uk are men and men are three times more likely as women to become dependent on alcohol and there's three times likely to report frequent drug use uh, and that's due to um, different aspects in life like finances stress and lack of support and um yeah just guys lads whoever is listening to this please please don't feel like you need to suffer in silence 
please don't don't tell your friend to man up let's stop using that man up phrase you know it's so dangerous um you know suicides have been the increase now for year on year and these losses are brothers, sisters, family members, everyone is a person that is worthy in the world. I've almost been there, you know, and it's not nice. And once again, just uh, would like to uh, send my condolences to uh, Stephen Whitney and his family who you heard on that clip from Black Cat Radio at the start of this programme. And I'd like to reiterate uh, just what Stephen said you know this has been a difficult time for everyone's mental health during the pandemic and people are feeling isolated we need to and we are not able to do the things that we normally do to make ourselves better like meeting people for a coffee and connecting with others a lot of people are dealing with their health and family members and this can all take its toll on people's mental health and uh, organizations like mind samaritans shout there's so many that are here for you so please don't suffer in silence and again like Stephen said um, at the end of that uh, the clip um, he was so proud of William and uh, I urge you all out there with sons and daughters please talk to your kids so once again a big thank you to uh, Chris for joining me and a big thank you to Black Cat Radio for uh, allowing me to use that clip. It's important that we really continue to spread this awareness. Guys, please speak out. And uh, if you would like to be a guest on Togetherness, you can go onto my website, hover over the podcast tab, at the navigation bar and click on be a guest. You can tweet me at Joe Plum UK. You can follow me on Instagram at Joe Plum UK and type in facebook.com forward slash Joe Plum UK. Find me on there, get in touch, or you can email hello at the joeplum.co.uk. Want to hear your stories, and if you've got any thoughts or feedback or comments on anything you've heard here, uh, then please share them and it would be great to speak to you all. That is a wrap, and I hope you all have what's almost the weekend. Uh, It's Friday tomorrow, so uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay positive. Please don't suffer in silence. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.